as you watch cities and counties and states turning red and blue this evening. I hope you remember where your true hope is, that it's in the Savior of your eternal soul. It is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we're going to tackle some tough issues. We're going to answer your hard questions and take a candid look at the Christian faith. Welcome to a special episode of Candid Conversations. This is Election Day in the U.S. And if you're anything like me, you're tired of all the commercials and the flyers that have come in the mail, even our brothers and sisters overseas are critical of the over-attention that this presidential, in particular, the presidential election has received. And yet, in raising the issue, it even shows how interested everyone is around the world in this particular issue. For decades, I have seen the investment of people into political parties and candidates uh, to the point of when a loss comes People are depressed and in tears. They are so tied and so linked their personal identity to these groups and these people that it brings them such great sadness when a loss comes. And even on the opposite end of the spectrum, the elation and the joy that's on people's faces when their party or candidate win an election. And it's important to point out that We do have a part in this. We do have freedoms that have allowed us the opportunity to turn up to a poll and vote for candidates. And it's very important that we have a good biblical framework and a good biblical worldview as we consider the issues that are at stake and the issues that are at play in many of these elections. Again, not just the presidential election. There's so many important city and statewide elections that are taking place on the ballot box. And it's important that we make good decisions, that we've thought through the importance of what's at play here. But it's my assumption that you have either already voted or you're about to go and vote today. And so the question we're asking today is, now what? Now what do we do as we sit and we wait and we see what numbers roll in as the country has made a decision? And I want to look at this through a framework of fear and faith. And one of the main questions is really, is government your God? Have you so elevated this political philosophy, political spectrum worldview that it decides everything that you do in life? Has government become your God? What is it that you truly fear? And in Philippians chapter 4, we know that Paul writes that we should not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so it's important that we do the things we're supposed to do, but then we leave it to God. It's out of our control. So we do our part, and then we trust. Now, I think it's important that we don't just trust that God will do what we want him to do, but rather we trust that God is good. 
and that he will do what he wants to do. Now, listen, we want to be good stewards of what has been entrusted to us. And therefore, we use the tools that we have, namely our vote, to work to this end. But inherent to a free system is virtue. Most all Western countries that have relative freedom have some faith, virtue, historic foundation. Certainly, the Reformation had a tremendous impact in this area in Europe and the Great Awakening in the U.S., the preaching from Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield and John Wesley massively influenced the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States. But over recent decades, we've seen a departure from those virtues in policy and certainly saw a physical departure before that. Therefore, unless and until... God renews those through revival, then the slipping away from freedom should not come as a surprise to us. And so our prayer is for revival. But if it does not come, then we must say with Habakkuk, who was told that Israel would not have revival, but rather be captured by the Babylonians, we must say with Habakkuk, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take great joy in the God of my salvation." God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. So fear and faith. And the third thing we look at is hope. Though we don't willingly relinquish the things entrusted to us, sometimes God still chooses to work out a plan that we do not understand. And so we remember our responsibilities as Christians. And we trust in the sovereignty of of God, remembering that we are sojourners passing through, looking forward to the day that this earth will be renewed and Christ will reign supreme. But until that day, we remember that we are not called to be happy, we are called to be holy. We stand for what is true and right. We defend the things that God stands for, and we trust that he is working out his perfect will and drawing men and women to himself for true salvation, not political salvation. And so as you watch cities and counties and states turning red and blue this evening, I hope you remember where your true hope is, that it's in the Savior of your eternal soul. It is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit ltw.org candid to connect with these pages, share your questions with me, and get this week's free download. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Thanks for listening.